0: The Crisis Next Door, a weekly report on the biggest conflicts around the world with host Jason Brooks. Thanks for listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. Iran's adversarial relationships with the U.S., Israel, and Saudi Arabia tend to dominate the discussion when it comes to external threats to the Islamic Republic. But it's also dealing with a worsening internal conflict with its Sunni minority. Earlier this month, a suicide bomber killed 27 members of Iran's Revolutionary Guard, the latest in a string of deadly attacks on the military. Joining the crisis next door to examine the conflict is Ali Vaez, Iran Project Director for the International Crisis Group. Ali, thanks for joining the crisis next door. My pleasure. This latest attack happened in Iran's southeastern system, Balochistan province, bordering Pakistan. That's a frequent location for attacks on Iranian security forces how big of a problem has this been for Iran, and what are the particular issues with this region causing Tehran problems?
1: Uh, it has been a major headache for the Iranian government uh, over the years because um, it, Iran's ethnic and sectarian minorities uh, generally live on border areas. Um, so on the east, you have the Baluchis, uh On the west, you have uh, Arab minorities uh, and uh, Kurdish minorities. Mostly these are Uh, Sunni uh, and also uh, uh, ethnic minorities. And if you look at the economic situation in these provinces, uh, they're usually underdeveloped. uh, And there is uh, a lot of uh, complaint by uh, local residents about uh, being mistreated by the government, not having the same privileges as some other uh, uh, more Persian and uh, more central provinces. Uh, have and uh, and therefore uh, we have seen uh separatist movements historically in these provinces and uh iran's regional rivals have also traditionally and historically uh, used uh, some of these grievances uh to support uh, these uh, separatist groups against the central government in baluchistan uh specifically uh Iran has faced uh, Uh, insurgency by a Sunni Baluchi group known as Jundallah. They have uh, conducted uh, uh, assassinations and attacks on Iran's military uh, and have also abducted uh, several members of uh, Iran's border uh, guards or the Revolutionary Guards. Um, But the recent attack uh, is by far the most major uh, operation that they've conducted in recent history. It's a major blow to the Iranian government. Uh, and at this stage, the Iranians have pointed uh, their finger uh, towards the Emiratis and the Saudis in terms of their uh, financial support for Jundallah uh, and uh, the Pakistanis for providing them with shelter.
0: How powerful is Jundallah? And, and do they have widespread support from ethnic minority Baluchis in Baluchistan?
1: Um, They are, uh, you know, it is a small group. Um, They are quite well organized um, and their uh, biggest advantage is that uh, they basically can take cover uh, into a uh, wide region uh, within uh, Pakistan's uh, Balochistan, which is uh, um, almost outside of the government's control uh, of the Pakistani government's control. Um, It is interesting that you might uh, travel for uh, hundreds of miles uh, within um, uh, that territory without seeing a single uh, border post uh, uh, by the Pakistani side. Um, And yes, this group has some support within uh, the Baluchi population, but it's very hard to assess uh, how deep or uh, wide that support is. Uh, but because these are usually groups that uh, come from tribes uh, in that area, they have a local support. And that also helps them uh, to basically disappear into the sands of that region uh, after conducting attacks. Uh, so it's been a major issue for, for the Iranian government, which also deals with uh, narcotics trafficking, uh, which also happened through that area uh, near uh, Iran's border with Pakistan and Afghanistan.
0: A very long border, too, with Pakistan, over 600 miles. Uh, interesting in that Pakistan and Iran, they've been at odds over the Taliban's presence in Afghanistan, with Pakistan in favor of the Taliban at different times. But the two countries have generally shared good relations. is Is that something that's in danger with this latest attack, with Tehran pointing its finger at Islamabad for this latest attack?
1: It is definitely uh, increasing tensions between the two countries, but I don't think it would bring it to a break or it would result in any kind of confrontation between the two countries. Uh, The Iranians are uh, cognizant of the fact that Pakistan is a nuclear power, um, and so their options for retaliation uh, are quite different than the ones that they uh, possessed in Iraq and Syria. Uh, we've seen that, for example, when ISIS uh, conducted an attack uh, in 2017 in Tehran uh, using some uh, Iranian uh, Kurdish minorities um, as agents, uh, Iran took uh, revenge by basically uh, firing a few ballistic missiles uh, into uh, ISIS-held territory in Syria. Uh, Or when um, some uh, Iranian Kurds who were based uh, in Iraqi Kurdistan uh, conducted uh, attacks in the border area in in the west, uh, Iran basically retaliated by, again, firing ballistic missiles into their bases, into Iraqi Kurdistan. Uh, but, um, you know, Iraq and Syria uh, are uh, not only not nuclear powers, but uh, have a weak central government. Uh, but in Pakistan, uh, you're faced with um, a, a government which uh, is uh, is a nuclear power and is closely aligned with uh, Iran's regional rivals like Saudi Arabia um but um but, I think it is possible that we would see uh, the revolutionary guards of Iran basically uh, now uh, taking uh, um, this one step uh, further uh, in terms of uh, doing hot pursuit of uh, some of these uh, militants into uh, Pakistani territory. Uh, That uh, I don't think would amount to a major threat to Pakistan because, uh, as I said, even the Pakistanis themselves uh, admit that they have a very difficult time uh, controlling uh, their border with Iran. Uh, And given the repeated failure to basically stop hostage taking or uh, these kind of uh, uh, suicide bombings uh, in in Iran's uh, eastern provinces, uh, I think the Pakistanis have uh, very little to say if the IRGC ends up going into the uh, Pakistani territory. But again, I think this would uh, both sides have an interest in uh, managing uh, their differences over this issue uh, and preventing it from escalating any further.
0: I want to get to the Kurdistan equation in just a little bit. Obviously, very key in Iran as well. First, I want to get to Saudi Arabia, and there are reports that. Many of the leaders and members of the Jundala have graduated from Saudi Arabia-funded schools in Pakistan. How much influence does Riyadh have over Iran's Sunni minority?
1: Um, look, um, it's, this is also a very difficult question to answer because we don't have uh, any kind of uh, reliable surveys uh, that we can look at and judge uh, in terms of influence of Saudi Arabia. Uh, within Iran's Sunni uh, minorities, but the reality is, uh, the Iranians have a very strong national identity, and they're primarily uh, associated uh, with their uh, uh, Persianness or Iranian uh, identity before uh, the the religious or sectarian identities, uh, and that's why um, you know we've experienced this during the Iran-Iraq war. Uh, that uh, Iraqi Shiites uh, uh, didn't necessarily side with Iran because they were Shiites first, uh, and uh, vice versa Iranian Sunnis didn't side with Iraq uh, because uh, they were they perceived themselves to be Iranians first. Um, and the same applies uh, to Saudi Arabia, which is uh, not a very popular country in Iran. it has had very little people-to-people interaction uh, throughout the years uh, with the Iranians um, and uh, is portrayed in a very negative light, both uh, in terms of the country's educational system uh, that uh, uh, basically depicts uh, uh, Iran's invasion by uh, the Arabs uh, in in the 8th century uh, as a a catastrophic uh, development uh, that basically Islamized Iran, but it didn't Arabize it. Um, And um, and also in recent history, uh, there have been uh, a lot of bad blood between Iran uh, and the House of Saud. Uh, So generally, there is not a a, a positive uh, perception of Saudi Arabia in Iran. And I doubt that Saudis would be able to really uh, prompt uh, uh, and and mobilize and, and basically mobilize Uh, Iran's Sunni minorities uh, in their favor. Um, However, having said this, uh, I'm sure that uh, uh, the the very fact that there are a lot of grievances uh, in border provinces provides uh, the Saudis, uh, the Emiratis uh, and others with uh, uh, possibilities of exploiting these uh, and uh, basically Uh, supporting some of these insurgencies. Uh, The Iranians, uh, what I hear from them uh, is that uh, everyone that they have arrested on the eastern borders, uh, being uh, Jondola insurgents or others, they've been able to trace back the source of their money uh, to Gulf countries. And this is both uh, Saudi Arabia and the UAE.
0: Is this an expectation from Tehran that Saudi Arabia would be doing this, perhaps in retaliation for Tehran's support of the Houthi rebels in Yemen or even Hezbollah in in Lebanon?
1: You know, the problem with uh, this kind of assessment is that it it, uh, quickly pushes one into a vicious circle uh, in the sense that from uh, the Iranian perspective, their support for the Houthis in Yemen uh, was retaliation for Saudi Arabia's support for uh, uh, Sunni uh, militants in Syria. Uh, basically, for Saudi Arabia, Syria uh, was a secondary strategic priority, and uh, supporting uh, some of these uh, uh, Sunni jihadist groups in Syria was, uh, was a low-cost uh, uh, policy by the Saudis that would... Uh, um, uh, basically uh, inflict a major cost on the Iranian side in terms of blood treasure and reputation in, in the Muslim world uh, and uh, it's a mirror image of what Iran has done to Saudi Arabia in Yemen uh, supporting Houthis is very low cost for Iran and high yield uh, it has bugged down uh, Saudi Arabia in its own version of Vietnam Um, And uh, but at the end of the day, Yemen for Iran is a secondary strategic priority, Um, you know, and and the same applies in terms of uh, supporting uh, minorities uh, in each other's uh, countries, although Iran has been quite cautious uh, in terms of uh, providing material support uh, to Shiites in the eastern provinces of Saudi Arabia um but um but uh, there is some evidence that iran uh, uh supports um, some of uh, dissident groups in bahrain which is uh, uh, almost uh, considered as a uh, as a saudi province uh, and in that sense i i'm sure the saudis uh, probably perceive their support for uh, ethnic and sectarian minorities
0: in iran as, justi- as justified You're listening to The Crisis Next Door, and we're talking about Iran's Sunni insurgency with Ali Vaez, Iran project director for the International Crisis Group. The Kurd fight in Iraq and Syria has been highly publicized, but there are six million Kurds or so living in Iran. Are Sunni militants gaining greater influence over Iran's Kurds, and how big of a worry is that for Tehran?
1: Um well, there's definitely uh, renewed concern in Tehran about uh, um, uh, radicalism in the in the Kurdish provinces. Um, we um, after uh, ISIS uh, used uh, uh, Kurdish militants to conduct uh, uh, a, a double uh, suicide attack in in Tehran, Um, uh, A a report came out from Iran's interior ministry, which uh, showed that they've been looking into this issue for a long time uh, and they've been concerned about it. Um, And the Rouhani administration has tried to take uh, some uh, measures to mitigate the threat by, for example, uh, constructing Iran's biggest petrochemical uh, uh, um, uh, factory uh, in uh, Kurdistan. Uh, so that uh, they can basically um, lift the the province from the poverty and the problems that it's been dealing with uh, and address some of these local grievances. Um, They also, uh, the the Rouhani administration also agreed that uh, uh, Kurdish language could be taught in uh, uh, schools and universities uh, of uh, the province uh, which is uh, if you compare it to Turkey for example one of the biggest uh, demands that uh uh Turkey's uh, Kurdish population have always had and has not been able to uh, uh to uh, to to basically uh get from the government as a concession um but uh, nevertheless uh i think the general radicalization and polarization that we've seen throughout the region uh has uh provided uh, fertile ground for uh, outside forces uh, to basically exploit grievances uh, in the Kurdistan region, uh, as well as rivalries uh, in Syria and Iraq and elsewhere uh, that has uh, at times pitted uh, Iranians against uh, uh, against uh, Kurdish interests uh, and um, has put uh, some pressure on uh, some of the uh, previous settlements that Iran has had with some of these Kurdish militant groups. For example, in um 2011, Iran came to a uh, settlement with uh, Pajrak, which is uh, an Iranian Kurdish um, uh, 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 militancy uh, with ties to the PKK, um, so that there was almost a ceasefire uh, between the two sides. Um, But the Syrian crisis has put uh, uh, this settlement uh, under pressure, and at times, Has resulted in confrontations between pajak and uh, and iran so uh, i think one has to look for um, uh, uh, one has to look at the evidence of uh, increasing tension not just internally in iran and what happens uh, in terms of local grievances but also in uh, in terms of regional uh, dynamics and uh, and rivalries
0: There are estimates that hundreds of Iranian Kurds fought in Syria and Iraq, and many of them have now returned to Iran. Is that a big concern for Tehran? Are they trying to find those fighters and prevent them from uh, drawing interest from other Kurds in fighting against Tehran? Uh,
1: It is indeed. Um, There is not a single week where we don't see reports of uh, Iranians basically Uh, claiming to to have dismantled uh, uh, um, networks of uh, militants that have uh, returned from uh, conflicts in Iraq and Syria and were planning attacks on Iranian soil. Um, And one has to understand that uh, we are currently in a situation where because of uh, um, the the three-way war that Iran is engaged with, Uh, On the one hand with the US uh, and on the other hand with Saudi Arabia and Israel uh, throughout the region Uh, the Iranians uh, perceive uh, themselves to be besieged by uh, by their adversaries Um, The US obviously is waging an economic war against Iran, uh, but at the same time uh, Israel is engaged in a direct conflict against Iran uh, on Syrian soil uh, we know that uh, Israel has bombed uh, Iranian assets uh, uh, in in uh, Syria more than 200 times in the past two years, um, and obviously Iran and Saudi Arabia are engaged in a in a proxy conflict uh, throughout the region, from um, uh, from Yemen to Syria, Lebanon, and elsewhere. Um, and Iranians believe that uh, um, part of this uh, uh, this uh, all-out uh, uh, pressure campaign uh, that U.S. and its allies are waging against Iran is an effort uh, to basic, basically uh, provoke uh, Iran's minorities into uh, open re- rebellion uh, or insurgency against the system, which would then force uh, the Iranians uh, to be internally focused. Uh, and uh, not be able to project power in the region. Uh, In fact, um, uh, uh, National Security Advisor John Bolton published an article in 2017 arguing the same policy as a way of containing Iran uh, to basically use uh, ethnic and sectarian minorities as a way of uh, bugging down Iran into uh, uh, fighting internal uh, instability instead of being able to project power in the region.
0: We've seen speculation and reports about the U.S. uh, providing some economic support for those various minority groups in Iran. Is there any evidence that this is actually happening?
1: Um, There is no hard evidence out there uh, that we have seen um, uh, that would basically uh, indicate a direct link between the U.S. uh, and uh, some of these groups. Um, Again, as I mentioned, uh, I've heard from Iranian officials that they have evidence of Uh, Saudi support uh, for um, some of these groups, Um, uh, and not just, by the way, Jundallah but also um, uh, last year there was a report uh, by the Iranian government uh, uh, that uh, they had submitted an official complaint to the the Iraqi government about the Saudi consulate in Erbil uh, being used as a base for uh, coordinating attacks with Kurdish forces on Iranian soil. Uh, but on the on um uh, but there is not as much evidence on uh, what the us uh, would uh, uh, what what would be the us's involvement um but again if you look at uh, recent history um when iranian nuclear scientists were assassinated uh there was uh, clear evidence of uh, involvement of this group uh, of uh, iranian dissidents known as mujahideen e Khalq, which was on u uh, s uh, um, uh, terrorism group uh listening uh until uh, i believe twenty twelve um, uh, but but the group was uh, apparently used by uh the israelis uh to conduct uh, these assassination campaigns inside iran against uh nuclear scientists so um again there is um there is precedent for use of some of these dissident groups or minorities uh, by uh, regional powers uh, to conduct operations inside Iran. Uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some evidence would come out down the road that uh, uh, U.S. and its allies were, were doing the same thing again.
0: The Islamic Republic is celebrating its 40th anniversary, but the pressures from within are becoming just as great as the pressures from outside the country. Ali, thank you very much for joining us here today. My pleasure. Thank you. We've been joined by Ali Vaez, Iran Project Director for the International Crisis Group. Thanks for listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. Till next time. The Crisis Next Door with host Jason Brooks is produced weekly. If you have any thoughts for Jason, email him at tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. Again, that's tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours